Say after me, I receive the word. I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe. Word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. The word works on Say it again. I receive the word. I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. The word works on me. Last week I made us understand the power of sacrifice. And um, I want to go back to a few of the scriptures I used, and uh, we will be blessed. We understood from the book of 2 Kings. Shall we go to 2 Kings chapter 20? 2 Kings chapter 20. Reading from verse 1. 2 Kings 20. I'm just reiterating a few things I said last week. And just adding a little bit on it. And then we can go into the fundraising. And the Lord will bless us. Shall we read one go? Shall we read everyone one go? The Bible says, God sent a prophet to go tell Hezekiah that he was going to die and not leave. And Hezekiah, after he had, imagine God himself sending a prophet to you to tell you, prepare your will for you die because you are unwell and you don't leave. And Hezekiah, upon receiving the message, the Bible says that he turns his face to the wall and began to pray. And he says to God, and I like the words he used in his prayer. He said, remember now, O Lord. He said, God, in case you have forgotten, let me remind you. Do you know the man you want to kill? Me, Hezekiah. He said, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you. And the Hebrew phrase, the Hebrew word interpreted walked before you is the phrase that, the word that literally means serve. Somebody says serve. In other words, Hezekiah said, Papa God, really you want to kill me after all? How well I have served you in truth and with the lawyer heart. I am not turning left or right. In the midst of the pain, I'm serving you. In the midst of the um, difficulties, I'm serving you. When things were good, I served. When things were bad, I still did my part. Hezekiah was the king that literally puts the house of God in order. When the house of God was in disarray, this man comes and arranges things and places things in and make things put to be put in order. He says, I have served you too well. I cannot die. He said, Father God, remember. And I told you that, see, we are all Christians. There are about, about over 2 billion Christians in the whole world. The question is, every Christian is praying to God to answer a prayer request, one prayer request or the other. The question is, how well can you place yourself in a position that when you call, heaven will respond? Mm. Is there anybody here that has a prayer request? Is there something you want God to do for you? Yes. Yes. The question is, what can you do 
besides just praying that when you lift up your voice and anytime you need something from Jehovah, God will answer. One of the things that you can do to make heaven move on your behalf after you have tried it all and it's not working is to sacrifice. Tell your neighbor to sacrifice. To sacrifice. Hezekiah said, Papa God, I have done too much for you and I want you to stand with me and remember my sacrifices. And he wept bitterly. The next verse, the Bible says, Next verse. And it happened before Isaiah could go out of the middle court. Imagine the king's court was here. So Isaiah had come to deliver the message. Before he left the premises, God sent back Isaiah to go give a different prophecy. The same prophet that said he was going to die is the same prophet that comes and says, no, God has given me a new message. I pray for you. May God give you a new message. Amen. Every evil prophecy is overturned. overturned. It was God that sent, said that Hezekiah was going to die. Sometimes when you get to a difficult moment, you don't know what to do. And it's like God is in it. Your pain, God is in it. Do you know that it's not every pain that comes from the devil. There are certain difficulties and challenges. God actually allows it to happen. He does not... I mean, he does not orchestrate. He just allows it. He permits it to happen. Like Job. When Job was going to be attacked, the Bible says the devil himself went to God and said, God, this man called Job, does, God, does Job serve you for nothing? And God said, ah, have you got, um, God asked um, the devil, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, ah, Job, he serves you because you protect him, because you bless him. And now God said, now I am allowing you to touch everything that he has, but don't touch his life. Can I tell you something? Yes, sir. God can allow the enemy to destroy anything that you have, but there is one thing that the devil dare not touch, mm. and that is your life. Amen. In other words, your life is in the hands of Yahweh, and no man can take it away from you. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. Says, so, shall we read what is on the screen? One go. Does Job fear you for nothing? Uh -huh. Have you not made an hedge around him and his house and around all that he has on every side? Can you imagine? Satan acknowledged the preservation that God had put on Job. What a scripture. He says, have you not made a hedge around him? He says, God, the reason why Job is succeeding is because you have made a hedge around him. And everything that he has on every side, may God make a hedge around you on every side. I receive. When the enemy comes out against you in one way, may they flee in seven ways. Amen. May your protection be so fortified that even the devil can attest you are protected. Amen. Oh my God. Where you are so secured, you are so protected. Your business, your family, your children, everything around you is so preserved in such a way even the devil knows there is nothing he can do about you. He says, have you not put an hedge around him and around everything that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possession has increased in the land. Job, this is the devil speaking to God. You God, you are the one that has blessed him. May even people testify that God has blessed you. I receive. May your blessings be evident to the eyes of many. I receive. In the name of Jesus. So the enemy. Now he said, let's read what? Let's read. 
Now this is the devil trying to lure God. Uh huh. In other words, on his life. Everything that Job has, God says, I've given to you. Don't lay hands on his life. Can I tell you something? God has a way of securing you when you honor him. Job was one guy that when his children even go to party, he will go and make sacrifices. He says, peradventure my son or my daughter did something that was not in line with God. I am making sacrifices so that the Lord will appease. Are you guessing me? He was so particular. The Bible says Job was a man that avoided evil. That is one of the things. He served God so well to an extent that for the devil to attack him, he had to go and seek permission from God. May your service bring you protection. Amen. I said, may your services bring you preservation. I receive If you are here, shout, I receive it. I receive it. So Hezekiah said, Sir, I have served you too well. I cannot die. And now the Bible said, the Lord said to the prophet, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, that says who? The, Lord. the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days 15 years. Now, the same God that said he was going to die is the same God that said he's adding to his years 15 more years. Why? Because of his services and his sacrifices. If it was two different prophets that gave the prophecy to Hezekiah, I believe Hezekiah will say that the first prophet was a false prophet. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. But the good news was it was the same prophet. There is a difference between what God said and what God is saying. What God said is that Hezekiah is going to die. But what God is saying in the now is that Hezekiah is going to live. What God said is that you, you will never get married until you die. But what God is saying is that next year your wedding is on the way. Amen. Now, you see, there are single people here who, are, who want to remain single. It is okay. Yesterday at the, at the dinner, I had strange things. Says, I'm single and satisfied. I'm not searching. I'm not looking. I'm like, Wow. He says, I don't want anybody. Maybe you are like that. I said, what God said is that maybe you, you are not supposed to get married. But what God is saying now is that your marriage is on the way. Amen. Shout, I receive that. I receive that. Yes. So Hezekiah's sacrifices added one more year, 15 more years to his years. And we talked about the lady called Dorcas, Tabitha. Tabitha died and the Bible says that the church members in Joppa, reading from Acts chapter 9, called for Peter, who was in the next town, to come and pray. Peradventure, Tabitha will come back to life. And when Peter got there, this is what I want to tell you. They showed Peter samples of what Tabitha used to do when she was alive. She was dead, but her works were still speaking. Are you hearing me? Yes, she sir. died, but her works were still what? Speaking. Can I tell you something? If you don't come to church for one week and we do not know, for two weeks, three weeks, and we do not notice you, there's a problem. That means possibly there is nothing that you are doing in the house of the Lord. You must be serving so that, 
as somebody say, oh, that lady that comes and smile, even your smile alone should make us notice you. That lady that is always standing at the gates, that gentleman, where is he? There must be services you are rendering for the kingdom, for the church, that when you are not around, the church members will desire that you come back. They showed Peter, when Peter came, samples of what Tabitha used to do. Peter took hold of it, went to the upper room where Tabitha's dead body was, knelt down and prayed. And the Bible says Tabitha came back to life. Peter had something to use as a point of reference. Her services and her giving was used as a point of reference on the behalf of Tabitha. And she came back to life. My question is, is there something that when you are in the hospital and we are here praying, we will say that father remember this one she's the one that bought the puppet and saved her life if you are going to have an accident on the road and all of a sudden you don't even know what to do whether to apply the brakes or to swerve or to do what you don't know you are faced with death it is no longer your prayer it is the sacrifices you have done for the lord that at that very moment can intervene on your behalf I pray that may Jehovah God intervene on your behalf. Amen. May your sacrifices speak on your behalf. I receive. And the last scripture we took was Luke chapter 7. And then let's go there. Luke chapter 7. Reading from verse 1. Luke 7. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Shall we read one go? Uh-huh. I was just waiting to hear. Another person say Kapanu. Yes, uh-huh. Let's read. Now the Bible says, Jesus entered into Capernaum. Somebody say Capernaum. Capernaum. And when he entered into Capernaum, the Bible says that as he was about to start his, his crusade, as he enters a place, many people follow him ready to receive healing and deliverance. A centurion servant was unwell. So the centurion sent the elders of the city to Jesus to go and tell Jesus to come and Pray for the servant. Personally, if I was Jesus, maybe I would not have gone because you don't have, you couldn't come to me yourself. You are sending other people to me. So he sent that people to Jesus and when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying, imagine Jesus is about to preach in Capernaum. The entire city of Capernaum is waiting for him to hear a word and to heal the sick and to work miracles in the city. The reason why they used the bed, the word, they begged him. In other words, Jesus was contemplating whether to go or not to go. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Because he didn't come to the whole of Capernaum to go pray for one man. That was not how it happens. So they begged him earnestly. It was a desperate plea that they presented to Jesus. Sir, we are pleading with you. Go with us. And Jesus never took a step. Not until now they put in something. They said, 
take me back before we come to here. We come here. They begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was what? He said, Sir, this, I know you are here for a crusade, but with this man that we are pleading with you to go to his house, he's deserving. He deserves that you go to his house. He deserves. And now, what was the, why was he deserving? I believe Jesus asked. The Bible says, For he says, For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Immediately, Jesus he heard that the man had built a synagogue. Jesus says, Oh, yeah, let's go. Can I tell you something? If it was a modern day preacher that did that, the church would have criticized him. That me, I've come to your village. I've come to your village. We are going to do a crusade. And then now, as I enter the village, the entire city is waiting for me. And then somebody comes and says, Papa, let's go to this man's house. This man. And you see, a man who has built a synagogue, that means he's a wealthy man. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Let's go to this man's house because he has built us a synagogue and you leave the crusade, you leave the thousands of people to go to one man's house to minister to the one man. You say, ah, we know. He came to this city and he didn't even preach to us. He has gone to the rich man's house. It is natural for a normal human being to think like that. In fact, if they were Kenyans, they would have thought double. <laughs> yes. Kenyans, they are content creators. They overthink, they add one to two and end it to 2,000. Are you hearing me? Yes, yeah, he they begged him, say, Sir, let's go. And the Bible says, When Jesus heard that he has built a synagogue, he says, Let's go. And the Bible says, And Jesus went with them. My question for you is very simple Is there something you can do for God, or you have done for God, or you can do today that will make Jesus stop everything and decide to come to your home? Decide to visit you, decide to change your life. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never made a significant sacrifice in the kingdom that moves heaven, you are still living at the mercy of God. You are not living by covenant. What do I mean? I explained last week. If I meet a child outside and a child asks me for 500, I can choose to give the child or not. But if my son needs 500 for something important, I am obligated by scripture and by the father, I am the father to give him. Why? Because it's my obligation. I'm, I am covenanted by blood to do for my son what is necessary. And in the same way, there is something you can do for God that makes it like covenant. That any time you are in crisis, heaven can begin to speak for you. Oh, yes. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17 as I round up on that scripture. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Let's read. I think we all know this scripture. Okay, let's start from the top and then I will skip some verses. One go. Mm -hmm. Now the Bible says Elijah made a de 
declaration that there shall be no rain nor dew in the land except at my word. And Elijah was an authority. He was a principality. When we say someone is a principality, it doesn't necessarily defect or mean negative. It means he's a prince of places. He dominates a territory. Elijah was a man like that. He was a dominant of a territory. And now the Bible says, he said, as long as I live, there shall be no rain or dew in this land except at my word. He didn't say except at God's word. He said, me, Elijah, I have shut the heavens. There shall be no rain nor dew on this land except at my word. He didn't say God. In fact, God did not send Elijah to do this. He came as an authority, as a prophet and made a decree and shut the heavens. And according to scripture, God is obligated by his word to confirm the word of a prophet. So when the prophet spoke it, God says, oh yeah, it is done. God shut the heavens three years, three and a half years. Three years, six months, there was no rain or dew in Israel. But guess what? The same prophet that caused the problem, God still found a way to sustain him. Now, after he had made a decree, God, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, Prophet, arise, get away from where you have prophesied because there's not going to be food. And go and hide by the brook cherub, which flows into the Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded ravines to feed you. Somebody say ravines. On Friday, I was making this statement. Why didn't God send a dove to feed the prophet? Because a raven, according to Leviticus chapter 11, when God was talking about unclean bears, a raven was one of them. In fact, it was the first unclean bear that God talked about. So if God, you want to feed your prophet, sustain your prophet, can't you send a dove? Because a dove signifies a holy entity, a pure entity. But in this particular instance, God sent a raven. And that is where the other day, when I was meditating on this scripture, the Lord brought me back to Isaiah chapter 60 where he says arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and he said darkness shall cover the people and gross darkness the people but he says and the light of God shall shine upon you and his glory will be seen in you and right after that verse 3 what do you hear what do you hear in verse 3 he says Gentiles shall come to the brightness of your rising. In your season of elevation, it is not only the church that will look for you. Even unbelievers shall look for you. God will bring unbelievers to be a blessing to your life. God will bring people that you least expected to be a blessing to you. Amen. Can I tell you something? There is something I preached many years ago called the Gentile connection. In other words, where God brings people you least expected to become a blessing, to get connected to you and bless your life. I make a prayer over you. Wherever your blessing is coming from, I decree and declare, may it not be denied. Any man or woman ordained by God to give to you, reactivate them and release them to be a blessing. If you are here, shout, I receive it. I receive it. See, if you are always looking for the people who speak in tongues to be a blessing to you, my friend, you may wait forever. Because some of the guys that speak in tongues, they are wicked. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. If you are always waiting for your blessing to come with with Kadupabaya, Lebra Shodanabaya, Toyota, Toyota, Hamaya, Hamaya, Suzuki, Suzuki. Hey. So go send the Ravin. Somebody say Ravin. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, anybody that has my blessing, anybody that has wherever they are, wherever they we are, command, 
Let them appear. Let them appear. Let them appear. Let them appear. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now let's go back. Now, God said, I will send a ravine to feed you. And the second thing I said, let me bring it back to speed. Now, a ravine is a scavenger. A scavenger is a bird that eats anything. A ravine can eat soap. It can eat plastic. It can eat even the thing that comes out of your, from your back when you eat a lot of things. The ravine can eat anything. But how come a ravine will pick bread and meat? Even the bread, okay, but the meat bit. The ravine will pick bread and meat and fly and fly and drop it before Elijah. And the ravine didn't do it once. The ravine did it morning and evening. Morning and evening for months. Are you hearing me? Yes. How come the ravine, it, remember it was the season of famine. Somebody said the season of famine. So food was scarce. So it, it didn't make sense for the ravine to carry food that it has gotten and place it on the lap of a prophet and say, sir, eat. Why? The reason why it was possible was that when you go to the previous verse, God said, go hide the, behind the brook cherub for I have what? Commanded. Somebody say commanded. commanded. Let's read this scripture. And it will be, everyone read one go. And I have commanded ravens to feed you. When someone is under divine command to bless your life, it doesn't matter what they do. God will make them do it. Even if it is for them and it looks like they themselves, they need it. But God will make them release it unto you. Uh, I make a prayer over your life. Yes. May God place someone under divine command Amen. to release a blessing to you. Release some money to you. Yes. If you are here, shall I receive it? I receive it. The raffin was under divine command. Under divine instruction. So it will pick the food. It would want to eat the food. But it will not eat the food. It will still give it to the prophet. Next verse. And when, and when he did it according and, and so he did it according to the word of the Lord for he went and stayed by the brook cherub which flows into the Jordan. Uh -huh. And ravines, shall we read one go? Say Lord, Lord release my raven. Release my raven. Say, no, you see, if you don't have revelation, you say it just trivially. Say, Lord, Lord release my raven. Release my raven. That is that kind of person that even when they need the help, they will give it to you first. Amen. Amen. I receive. Are you getting me? Yes. Yes. So the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Uh -huh. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because he had, there had been what? No there had been what? No rain there had been what? No there had been no rain. The brook dried up. And can I tell you something? Sometimes brooks dry up. The place where God had ordained you to receive resources from, it dries up. Yesterday, Mark was giving a testimony that I prophesied to him when he was a T-boy in a company and uh, 
after I prophesied to him in October by I think he said March in a matter of months he became the regional manager in the same company that he was a t-boy imagine you are a t-boy in a company and they are calling hey come and pick this hey come and pick this and within a matter of months you are their boss of the entire company that is how the power of prophecy is one word changes life he says after he worked there for some time in 2018 he lost that job and he became broke no he, he did not have a job for the period of 2018 and he said somehow even though he did not have a job he never lacked a day of his life he never went hungry with his children somehow god he never lacked rent god supernaturally still what provided for him what am i trying to say when the when the brook dries up when someone that supports you especially some of you here you are being supported every now and then and the person comes and says out of where the person will start from the wrong side of the bed me i'm not paying your rent anymore you and your children leave my house and when that brook dries up i came to tell you god shall make another way amen sometimes you hear stories for people and you become it's so sad that someone has been there and all of a sudden the man says you wake up from this house leave my house you and your children and sometimes you don't even know where you are taking those children you don't even know where the next meal is coming from but can i tell you something if god made that provision the same god shall bring another provision i receive i said the same god shall bring another provision i receive i said the same god shall bring another provision i receive that is one thing i always say I am not afraid of money. Why? Because if God is the one that brought the money and he takes it away, he will still bring it back. Are you hearing me? Yes. It is possible. So when the brook dried up and it happened, the brook dried up after a while because there had not been rain. Next verse, quickly. And the word of the Lord came to him again saying, Arise, go to where? We belong to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to what? The first one, the raven was feeding. The second one, the widow was providing. They are two different things. Feeding signifies only food. But provision signifies every other thing else. I prophesy over you. When your brook dries up, may God make a better provision. Amen. May God make a better provision. It will not just be your salary. It will be more than salary. It will not just be your allowance. It will be more than your allowance. If you are here, shall I receive it? I receive it. He made, the Bible said, God commanded a widow. Can you imagine? Sometimes the places where your help will come from, you have no idea. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. A widow. I strongly believe that if you are very sensitive as a person and as a child of God, most of the time God surrounds you with destiny helpers, but we are not sensitive to connect with our helpers. Let's go. Let's go. The reason is this. I'm coming to it. Next verse. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. I, if I was Elijah, I would say, I don't think it's this widow. This widow gathering sticks. I told, see, if, it, if you saw a widow on a chariot, at least you have some hope. This widow is on a chariot. I mean, this is a widow that the husband was rich. The husband has left him a lot of things. So this widow can sustain me. But this widow now was hopeless. Was even poorer than the prophet. The widow was what? 
Gathering what? Sticks. That is hopelessness. But guess what? Even though she was gathering sticks, she was the one that God had ordained to stand with the prophet. Can I tell you something? You need revelation sometimes to see your helper. Amen. If you don't have insight and revelation, I can tell you, you can meet your destiny helper and you pass them. I told you, one of my closest friends here um, 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 in the city, he met the wife in a matatu. Not that he, he has... He had cars then, but that day he was traveling from Meru to Nairobi and his car broke down. So he had to take a matatu for the first time. For many years, he had never taken a matatu. The day he sat in a matatu, the lady he sat with became the wife. Wow. Guess what? So it, the day he sat in, so sometimes, and guess what? He was a senior person, but that day he took a matatu. And that was the day he met the wife. Can I tell you something? Some of you, you see people in my tattoo and you frown at them. Hey, don't touch me. Hey, stay far. For all you know, that person may be your husband. But you see, once you see somebody in a tattoo, you, you automatically write them off. This one. Hear me? So he arose and when he called her, he said, please bring me a little water in a cup. Now, I want to illustrate something as I close. Somebody come and, um, John, come and ask us, you will not be a widow in Jesus' name. Amen. Come here. You are, let's assume, get me a chair. Get me a chair for her. So, put it this way. Yes, see here. See here on the chair. Let's assume this is the widow. And then somebody will ask as a prophet. Yeah, somebody asks as a prophet. No, you are protocol. Stand this. Um, <laughs> yes. Put the microphone down somewhere first. Let's this one ask that the prophet. Now, this is the prophet asking the widow for a meal. Are you hearing me? And let's assume I am God. Now, shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. He said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and now Let's assume this is the last queen this widow has. So now the prophet, I want you to follow here. The prophet, I mean, take, let, let me make it too. All that the widow has was this. And let's assume this was a meal for a day. Lift it up so that it can. This was a meal for a day for herself and her, her child. So all she had was this. So the prophet comes. And this is the first time the prophet is meeting the widow. He didn't even do a proper PR. <laughs> he meet the widow. Hey, pro no, prophet sometimes. Say, hey, bring me water in the cup. He didn't even greet the widow. As the widow is going, say, get me a little cake. Bring me bread in your hand. Uh -uh, sir, you just met me. So the widow has this. And the widow says, sir, I... 
let's let's read. So she said, "As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread." So I hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Something just dropped in my heart. So Elijah, major prophet, senior prophet, you could not even tell that I, I don't have bread. Hey, someone said I I knew this prophet is false. He could not see that I don't have bread. He's telling me to bring him what bread. Fake man of God. He wants my money. He wants my food. Can I tell you something? See, you should be very careful how you criticize an anointing. Elijah was the, one of the most seen. He called fire from heaven. You can you call fire from heaven? He called fire from heaven. The kind of authority and power and influence the guy had. We have not had one. Maybe in the future I may call fire. But I have not called fire yet. <laughs> the guy was so powerful. So he tells the widow, bring me bread. They say, the, the woman says, sir, I do not have bread. Only a ham. And you see, in the olden days, the prophets could be identified by the way they dress. Yeah? They had a rope and they came. So the widow knew this is. That says, as the Lord, your God lives. Because the woman could say, this is a prophet. I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour. And a little oil in a cruise. See, I am gathering a couple of things that I may go in and prepare it for myself. So that I and my son may eat and we will die. In other words, after this, sir, we don't have anything. How do you say that in Swahili? Huh? Hakuna? is finished. Kabisa, we don't have anything. Imeisha. Yes. So hear me. The only thing that we don't had was that. And he says, sir, we don't have anything. Amen. Now let's go to verse. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but Make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Imagine the woman is telling you, sir, I am a widow. All I have is this. And the prophet is insisting. Give me first. He didn't even say, make for yourself and give the rest to me. Huh? Yeah, he could have said, do that for the child. And then make for me. The prophet said, me first. see, this is somebody being insensitive. But can I tell you something? Sometimes, what you think is insensitivity, and I want you to never forget this. It is not a matter of, it is not that God was trying to sustain the prophet. No. It was the other way around. God wanted to sustain the widow and the child. So, guess what? Now, the prophet says, still make something out of his soul. The widow makes, gives what he, part of what she had to the prophet. And after she did that, now let's hear what happens. For that says the Lord. That says who? Says if you can give me first from the little that you have, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of the prophet. Hear me. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Somebody says, yeah, this one, possibly he has been, she has been something, they have done some juju on her. So, you, you and your child are about to die. The prophet said, bring the money and you are still bringing. Are you okay? It is a divine instruction. 
So she went and did as the Lord had what? According to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for. Come on, let's everybody, let's read what is on the screen. One go. she said that was her last. So what was happening was this. Every one of you, follow me and watch here. Those of you here, can you see? So, for this woman was going to eat everything she had and she was going to die. But when she had the wisdom and the revelation to pass away to the prophet, God continuously supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied the point is this if she had not given to the prophets she would have eaten and she would have died that night but the revelation here is this it doesn't matter how little you have if you can understand it is not about me. It is not about my son. It is not about my daughter. It is not about my house. I want to place Jehovah first. As you do that for the Lord, Jehovah God will continue to supply unto you. But if you reverse the curve, I can confidently tell you, if you refuse to do for God what you need to do for him, and you become selfish and think about yourself, that is how you die. And you go down in poverty and in struggle continuously. Why? Because you refuse to do what they call the proto. That you refuse to do the first things first. Honoring Jehovah God first before yourself. Are you hearing me? So as she continued to give, as Elijah was feeding, God was supplying. As she kept feeding Elijah, God was supplying. I pray for you. Shall we be upstanding? As you continuously honor Jehovah, May God continue to supply for you. Some of you, it will be your 200, your last 200, but you still come to church. The other day, somebody told me they traveled from Kiambu, walked, walked from Kiambu to come to church here. And now, someone like this, it doesn't matter what you think, God will bless them. Are you hearing me? Jehovah God will what? Bless them for it is a sacrifice. Walking from Kiambu. All the way to Kiambu Road, pass through wherever. Hi. Just because they want to receive a word from Jehovah. As you honor the Lord from even the little you have, and you place God first. You need to learn to place God first. Tell your neighbor, place God first. I said, tell your neighbor, place God first. Yes. If you learn how to place God first, Doors unlimited will be released onto you. You can have your seat. You can drop it in the offering board. I want you to talk to God. There was a lady, there's a lady in North Carolina with her family. I come to some years back, I'd come to House of Grace to minister, and I was calling for offering of 50,000. When I called, she said she did not have, but she believed God and came forward. And she, they had made an application. They were believing God for God to come through. I said to her, within 21 days, God will surprise you. In fact, the following week, she received a call from the American embassy. 
that your green card is ready come and collect it and herself and her entire family as we speak they are in North Carolina one sacrifice activated a shift and a move I can give you testimonies about testimonies God has a way of shifting the hearts and the minds of people to release a blessing unto you I always say when if what you have is not able to feed or do for you what you want to do it is a seed you don't eat it you release it to God and the Lord God will release a harvest unto you I want you to talk to God today talk to the Lord talk to the Lord talk to the Lord Libra hazobadi azima katosha Vrazonti pra alis kadonda bahas Vegedes kalua ataya Rapapa lazumi antaya Father touch our hearts today Touch our hearts O Lord Libra zopra Ipalala la 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 magoshata 